UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And in this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast, we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh's ongoing war with the NCAA. Satellite camps. Jim Harbaugh's ongoing war with just about every coach who doesn't agree with him. Well, Andy, what do you think about our coach uh, starting uh, his his continuing verbal spats with opposing coaches and, and crossing swords with the NCAA? I don't mind the I don't mind uh, crossing swords with opposing coaches at all because they don't treat him with any respect in a great many cases, and I don't see why he shouldn't have his say there. I feel considerably differently about throwing mud at the NCAA because if you get in the mud slinging contest, they'll throw mud back and eventually something might stick that is to Michigan's chagrin. Now, he's pretty good, been pretty good about fostering his cause. In fact, he's been a genius at it since he's been at the University of Michigan. But when he made the comment while he was at Stanford about Michigan's educational level and status and how difficult it was to get players to that school and not in not, and not, and, and ever, then he crossed the line. I think he has to be careful not to cross the line too much. But opposing coaches are fair game. Opposing players are not fair game. The NCAA, in my opinion, is not uh, fair game. That doesn't mean that I like everything that the NCAA does, nor do I like Delaney that much. But that's all personal choice. I have no real substantive reasons that I can think of right now to to um, hit him. Although uh, one would certainly hope that the Big Ten would take a little stiffer stance than they had instead of the laid back, you know, hey, we just got to do what, the, what our bosses tell us to do. But anyway, it's a complex situation, and Jim is a star. He's going to hang out there all the time. He's going to be at a wrestling match, or he's going to be, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the Vatican at all. He's all over the place, and most of it, most of it has been very, very good for Michigan, and I'm very grateful that he's brought the atmosphere overall that he has. Although I just don't wouldn't like to see him step on some thin ice. I thought it was interesting um, on, on a couple different levels. First, I love that Coach Harbaugh speaks his mind. I really don't have a problem with that. Um, and you know, I think that you know when he calls out old Mrs. Coach. For you know, and the quote was, you know, you've got a guy sitting in a big house making five million a year, saying he does not want to sacrifice his time. Um, that's not a kindred spirit to me. What most of these coaches are saying is they don't want to work harder. And, and again, 
you have, um, you know, he's saying something that I think a lot of the average fan agrees with. That, that you know, you're making an ungodly amount of money. And, you know, we're not going to have a lot of sympathy for you that occasionally you might miss some of your family things. You know, and I'm speaking of, you know, Hugh Freeze at, at Old Miss. Now, one of the interesting things in that is I thought it was really interesting that Harbaugh chose to deliver that message through Sports Illustrated and specifically to Mike Rosenberg, who you know does not exactly have the best reputation with Michigan fans. Now, listen, I like Mike Rosenberg. Um, I defended his writing at the time. And, you know, I, I think he's a good writer. I defended I defended pretty much everything he wrote when he was with the Free Press. Um, but it is interesting that, you know, and I wonder if, if this is a, um, if this is Harbaugh kind of reaching out to mend whatever broken fence there may have been. Because you know that Rosenberg took an incredible amount of flack for, you know, his role in, in what he wrote during you know the, the NCAA investigation in Michigan. So I found that interesting that of all the people Harbaugh could choose to talk to that, that, he's, that he chose Sports Illustrated and, and, and Michael Rosenberg. Um, yes, uh, Rosen, Rosenberg has, there, there is a lot of hard feeling because of Clockgate and Rosenberg's reporting on that regarding his reporting and many Michigan fans did not uh, feel that at all when Rosenberg left and went the direction he's gone. So I, I thought that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and I will tell you that I think Harbaugh is spot on. Listen, all these coaches make an insane amount of money. Nobody is going to have any sympathy for them. And when you ban these satellite camps, you're really, really restricting opportunities for student athletes. And I like the response that's come. Now listen, it's nice that it's convenient for Michigan and it's convenient for Harbaugh to be on the right side of this issue. I like that. But really, when you break it down, most colleges, and when I say most, I mean smaller colleges, colleges that aren't Michigan, aren't Ohio State, aren't top-tier SEC, really benefit from these camps almost as much as Harbaugh does. Because, listen, Michigan and Ohio State can only take so many recruits. That's right. You have, you know, they reach out to other colleges, coaches to come work these camps. They get an opportunity to see students. A lot of scholarships get dispersed through these things. And and it's interesting that um, uh, I think that that's kind of the, the, the kickback that's coming is that, of course Harbaugh is doing this to help Michigan. Of course Harbaugh is doing this to, to help himself. But seven million dollars to help Michigan. But but the reality is is this helps a lot of like gives a lot of opportunity to student athletes. So I do not think that we've heard the last of the discussion on the satellite camps and we have definitely not heard the last of Jim Harbaugh speaking out on, on just about any issue that he wants to speak out about. Now, I'll tell you, Andy, it's great that we're on the right side of this. You know, when I say we, I mean Michigan and Coach Harbaugh. But the reality is, is that Coach is going to, to, to call out whatever he wants to call out. 
this is not anything new. As you mentioned, he called Michigan out, you know, for for perceived hypocrisy when he was at Stanford. And right. you know, he has a history of doing that. It's his nature. He's not going to change. Um, it, it's interesting. We're going to have to see how this plays out. I'm really interested to see how he is going to interact with, um, you know, Michigan AD Ward Manuel. I mean, you had the thing where he basically called Ohio State out for making what he thought was a perceived slight against Michigan, and then Ohio State's AD basically apologized, and that just that just shocked me. So. It's going to be interesting. You know, you got to believe at some point he's going to say something that's going to run afoul of the new athletic director. It'll be interesting to see how those two manage that relationship. Right now, everything is copacetic. Everything is, is honky-dory. Um, you know, coaches is, is riding the white horse, uh, holding the carrying the banner into, into battle. Um, I think the big thing that, that we both want to see is, um, you know, Victories against Michigan State and, and Ohio State. It's great to score points in the off season in the Twitterverse. Um, and again, there aren't any games to play, so this is the best we can hope for. But you know, one of the things I'm concerned about is, and you hit on it, Andy. There's a difference in calling out opposing coaches and you know starting a pissing match with the NCAA. Um, and again, this is not anything new. Um, Coach did this at Stanford. Um, and listen, there is no lack of hypocrisy on the NCAA side. Um, and yet, very rarely do we see any any change move through through taking the battle to, to, to the press. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know that the NCAA and, and pretty much every opposing coach in America is going to be watching everything that Michigan does. And you know, so be it. That's that's how it's going to be. You know, there's only there's only one group that's ever going to kick the NCAA's butt, and that's the college presidents. That that group has the power and can do it. The association works for them. They can do it. And until you get your criticisms coming out of those mouths, it's like spitting into the wind. It's not going to help. It helps to vent your rage and stuff like that, but it's not going to change things until the college presidents get together and they say, we want to cheat and stop. We want enforcement to be on a level playing field for everybody. And this thing is being run for the betterment of the athletes that participate in the sports. Until you get them really grabbing onto that nut and trying to crack it, you aren't going to get anything. Well, and to that point, point, Andy, I mean, I I think that there's another avenue of change, okay? The, The other avenue of change is that you have the haves and the have nots in college football. And you could see a world where Michigan, Ohio State, the top tier SEC teams, Michigan State, you know, by the very nature of being the preeminent programs, you know, rally their 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 college presidents to dictate terms to the NCAA. 
The problem is, is when you're kicking sand in everybody's face, I don't think they're going to be so apt to band together to try to um, whip the NCAA into 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 shape. So revolution revolution is always to go out of the. And you know, I'm not saying play nice. It's just understand that you know. Every action has an has an opposite and equal reaction, and you know um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here because um, there is a lot of jealousy towards Coach Harbaugh. There is a lot of resentment, and and we will see. We will see how it goes. I'm sure glad he's on our side. I'll tell you that. Me too. Well. He's done a half of a job so far, an unbelievable job, and he hasn't stepped through the thin patches of ice yet. And I hope he doesn't. What'd you think of the spring game? I'm sorry? What'd you think of the spring game? You know, I really liked, uh, I liked that they were competitive. I liked that quarterbacks were running downfield. Now, of course, we're not seeing a lot of hitting and a lot of tackling. But it definitely had the feel of a spirited practice. Um, uh, what I was surprised by is that Wilton Spate seems to be a legitimate contender for the quarterback position. And I had thought heading in that that it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that a corn was going to be it. But uh, Spate, Spate looks like he's, he's going to give him a battle. I don't think that uh, Morris is, is at the same level as the other two, and it was interesting that they used him as wide receiver, and it was interesting that they came up with a little trickeration to make the game interesting. That touchdown pass that he threw, for instance, uh, was a little bit of that. So all in all, it seemed to be uh, a pretty good experience. I didn't see it personally this year because I had a knee operated on but. I did see it on television several times, and it was worth watching. It was more interesting than some of the recently recently past games that weren't interesting at all. And there was a limitation to the stretching and all of that, which is not interesting to anybody. But whether this performance in the spring is a harbinger of great things to come is still unknown because there are still key spots in the development of this football program that haven't taken place yet. That's fall camp. That's development over the summer on fall camp and everything. But uh, he's going to have them hooked into shape, and I dare say that they'll fight like dogs in every game that they're in. There's two games on that calendar they have to win against the Spartans against the Buckeyes and if they don't then they have to stop crowing and begin to dig into really what's going wrong here why aren't we at at the best levels in the Big Ten why aren't we playing for a championship so I'm really hoping that Michigan can make it to the championship game but it's no given those other teams are going to be good they'll just reload it's going to be a very interesting year well, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Andy. I mean, last year would have been, last season, if if you beat one or the other, Michigan State or Ohio State, 
I think that. that you're you're ahead of you're ahead of target for rebuilding. And the reality is, is that it, as as tough as that Michigan State loss is, it is a loss. And when you couple that with the with the pretty much beatdown that Ohio State delivered, that was disappointing. That was disappointing because you can tell yourself that that the loss to Michigan State was a fluke, but Michigan really wasn't very competitive against Ohio State at home. With with everything you know, with with a lot on the line, so um, that left you know a pretty sour taste in the mouth. Now they came back and, and and played very well in the ball game, and that was nice to see. That was good. But you know, you have geared up for next season. You have both of those games on the road, and uh, you you I think we're at the point now where. The, the measuring stick for success last year was um, it would have been nice to split. I think this year you need to split. Okay? And it would be nice to win too, but really, you really need to split this season. To, to say that, that, that things are on track and that you're, and that you're, um, that you're, you're surging, you really need to beat you know, one or the other, and I don't care which. I really don't. I don't care the circumstances. I don't care how it happens. But there's no way that you lose both of those games and feel real good about where you're at. And I think that's 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 the current. I mean, because again, and and we can talk about how great we look in the spring game, and we can talk about how recruiting is going, and we can talk about you know starting pissing wars with the NCAA. And the reality is. You know, when the season starts, you know, are you going to be able to beat Michigan State? And I will tell you, having made that trip up to East Lansing the last five or six years, every time we played there, it has been an ass-kicking. Okay? It has not been a loss. It has been an ass-kicking. And I'm really, really tired of it. And... um you know, the, the last couple years under Hoke, um, you know, there are seasons where we could complain that Michigan State had kind of maybe bent the rules a little bit, took some cheap shots. The last time we were up there under Hoke, they just beat Michigan. I mean, physically pounded them. And that's... I don't... I, I think that's going to stop, so I don't think people are going to physically pound them to the degree that they did under the previous two regimes. But one thing that I hold out as a hope to doing better against Ohio State is that Don Brown is going to have a system whereby they will be able to stop the spread, the redoption, the stuff that's caused them so much trouble going clear back to Syracuse and FSU way back. When they haven't been good on defense against that kind of thing, against um, Ohio State's forte, and under this guy there is a chance, it seems to me, that they will be because he seems to present a most reasonable scheme of stopping that. Complicated, but 
it sounds good on paper, but we'll see how it actually how it actually comes out. That's what's going to make this season so interesting. Part of it. I agree. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.